This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Dana. Look, Arimoto on the line. Hey, Dana, how are you? Great. How are you? I am great. You are the author of Stop Settling, Settle Smart, Rethinking Work-Life Balance, Redesign Your Busy Life. Why in the world did you decide to write a book? Yeah. Why does anyone decide to write a book? In essence, it was about a 20-year progression, mostly in my head and being played out uh, primarily in my career really as a recovering workaholic, still working on that. And in earnest over the last three years, being a solopreneur and coming out of a corporate defection mode that I've entered into, and I'm loving, I'm now in my life's purpose and doing the work I was always meant to do, built on a body of work that came out of career ups and downs and trials and tribulations. And I decided that it would be good to share some of that in a very practical, actionable way so others could learn. And that became a book. Well, you know, the, the content that you talk about is definitely in my wheelhouse. Um, I was a workaholic myself throughout my career and, you know, was successful, you know, grew, grew professionally for sure. And you know, took on more challenging roles. And with those challenging roles, I was lousy at um, stop doing things that I was doing. And I just added on additional things on top of what I was doing. So I was absolutely horrible at delegation. I thought, well, I can do it. Um, that way it will free those people up to work on something else. And then oftentimes they're like, Ooh, the boss is going to do it. I don't have to do it. Great. I'm just going to sit back and, and relax. Meanwhile, the boss is burning the candle at three ends and crash and burn that happened to me. So um, it's whenever I hear people talk about, um, and we talked about this a bit in the show notes or the pre-show, I should say uh, about work-life balance and how that does not exist. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I love to hear your, your take on that because I, I think that we're both on the same page when it comes to the thought that work-life balance is an impossible thing to look for and we need to approach our work and our life in a different way. Yeah, big time. And I coach people like the former you and me people that are still in that trap of really believing that they can have it all if they simply, and I quote, do it all. And the doing it all is the danger zone. And so I really spend time coaching executives who are very successful, just like we were and are. It's just that, you know, now today, success has got a different definition, less about, you know, role and title and impact inside of an organization and uh, compensation and how many people you manage and what's the reach and scope of your work. And more for me and the people I'm coaching, success is really about being your holistic self and not in some touchy-feely way, although there's nothing wrong with that. I like to always say I'm not a therapist and I'm not a life coach. I'm an executive coach. It's more for me and my clients and what I'm trying to do out in the world about having a complete life which means that there are conscious and voluntary trade-offs we have to make or they happen to us. So I like to say, how many pneumonias does it take before you get it? Because that's kind of the pattern I used to have. I'd work myself into literally the ground. I'd get really sick, usually pneumonia. 
every couple of years. I'd be down for the count. And of course, you know, laptop in bed and a breathing machine because that's attractive. So that's kind of how it was. And then, you know, there is how it is today in looking for what I like to say, harmony beats balance every time. And I know that we're aligned in terms of our belief system around harmony. It's funny you use the analogy of the, the laptop in the bed. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, sent some photos. Uh, she's out in San Diego on vacation. And she posted some photos and, and, and commented on, at this resort, um, how many people were out there, you know, and basically in, in their you know, either swimming gear, bathing suit, whatever. And they were sitting at a table working on their laptops. And it was funny because we have this weird thing of, you know, you can work everywhere you want to, you know, because of the portability of laptops and smartphones and tablets and whatnot. But come on. It, it's the beach, it's the ocean, it's water. Why are you pairing those two things up? You shouldn't. Um, when you're out there, there's a beautiful ocean and waves crashing in the sun and you know it, seagulls making noises and all kinds of fun stuff. But here you are, you know, nose into a laptop, you know, working, completely missing something that can actually heal a lot of the stress and angst that so many of us are facing and of course you were you know how many pneumonias does it take i mean that's a great (laughs) analogy and i'm thinking yeah you know and and i you see that all the time you know with those former you and me i love that too because you know i i see that a lot with the people that i i talk with and help it's i'm looking at them going oh Hey Mike, how you been? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, wow. Yeah, I remember you. And you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about this too, about about Facebook and love it or hate it. You know, one of the things that I do like about it is they have a memory section. So that, you know, they'll say, okay, this on this date, however many years ago, I posted something. So you know, prior to my uh, year of worst case scenarios and cardiac event and all that fun stuff, I, you know, I'm seeing my post prior to that. Um, that year and I'm seeing the post and I'm reading them and I'm looking at the tone going, I remember that person, but that person is not me. It's really surreal to look at and going, I, I couldn't post that now if I wanted to, cause it's, it's just not me. And it's amazing, you know, the transformation that of course I've had to do myself, but when you're working with executives and, and other people, when they get that transformation and they actually quote unquote, click and get it. Um, it's amazing, you know, the transformation that they can have in their lives. It truly is. And I love the word transformation. And then what I like to talk about, which is another reason I wrote the book so that more people than, you know, a one-on-one coaching practice can ever serve would be able to also get tips and tricks and tools and traps to avoid. I like to say accelerating transformations is my mission. It's really my mission in life, which is to help people holistically with their complete life and the prioritization of where and how they spend time based on what it is they really want. And to get out of that autopilot mode of workaholicism and into more of what really matters to me. And it's interesting because when I was running companies and leading teams, I would ask people this question, 
that became this driving force for my work today. And the question was, if you have an endless bucket of money and a magic wand, what's the one thing you start and the one thing you stop today, right now? And most people would say, do you mean personal or professional? So of course my answer was yes, both please. And sometimes they would say, do you mean work or life? And the or bothered me and I couldn't understand why. So I just kind of sat with it. And over the years, I would document people's answers and sometimes it would help me get to know them better or figure out what to change inside an organization or even resonate myself with, oh, there are things that I really do want that I don't need that endless bucket of money or magic for. And so I would start to make the shift and accelerate my own transformation, lead by example, and others would jump on too. And all of a sudden you'd have more harmony, you'd have more engagement, you'd have more loyalty, you'd have more retention. I would see my family much happier when we go on vacation because I'd put the damn laptop down. So that question was really a driving force. Yeah, and I think you mentioned a couple of things, and this is something that I encounter a lot you know, when I'm working with people. You know, I ask them, you know, what do they want? And if they're burned out, they sometimes don't have an answer for me right away. And at that point, you know, that's when they, they feel really, really, really down. And, and then I tell them, you know, I'm, I, I keep changing my mind on what I want, so it's okay. Yeah, but let's let's see if we can find something that you might want, and we can go from there. And one of the exercises I have them do is is list out all the things that they enjoy to do, and then I have them you know write down when was the last time they did those things. That makes them even more upset. But uh, the next thing is I tell them, okay, in the next ten days, I want you to do a couple of those things. You know, clear your calendar somehow, some way, and go do those. And and just be there, you know, put away the iBanky, put away the laptop and, and just be, you know, if it's in a coffee shop, having coffee with a friend, you know, leave your, your smartphone and your computer at home. Um, yes, you can leave home without your smartphone. I know for some people, they, <laughs> they can't imagine that. Well, let's put it this way. I used to do it all the time before 2008. Um, and um, I'm still here. You know, I, I got my driver's license in 1986, no smartphone. Um, it was a 76 Pontiac Ventura. Um, they got nine, nine miles to the gallon, no matter what. doesn't matter if I was doing city or highway. It did not matter. It was a solid nine miles to the gallon. And um, that was fuel economy too. Uh, boy, oh boy, I can't imagine what it would cost to fill that bad boy up now. But anyway, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to have an understanding, just like in anything. What's your destination? What would you like your life to look like? And remind yourself, it is your life. And you get to choose and design it the way you want. I think a lot of people forget that they can give themselves permission to actually do that. Uh, they, they become uh, slaves to their circumstances and or their environment. And they don't think that they can uh, make any adjustments uh, to transform their life. But uh, that's that's often an exercise once they get past that and they get some of those quick wins. Uh, it, 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 again, it's amazing to watch them kind of get the awareness and, and then they go, okay, I, I see the light now and it looks good. We, uh, we talk a lot when I do public speaking with audiences around the shoulds. 
And I wrote a blog recently called We're Shooting Ourselves to Death. And, you know, if we think about parenting for those of us that have children, and I say to people that don't, well, you were a kid once, so like this applies universally. It's you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And you should and you shouldn't all day long, all the time. And then we carry that into management. And then it's, you know, in our marriages and partnerships. I mean, it's just all around us. And so I really like to try to help people to not do that. I should, or I should not. And instead go back to what you just said, which is so spot on. What is it you really want? And is it realistic and situationally possible? And if yes, why not? You know, why not? I find, and you've probably seen this too in recent days, um, there's a lot of talk about organizations starting to embrace failure. Mm. And that's, that's quite a shift uh, from, from the actual work environment that most people find themselves in uh, because they're, they're kind of dancing around subjects and they're afraid to uh, misspeak or bring up something that could be condoned as confrontational or uh, problematic regarding a product or a service or even you know the workplace culture. And it, it's interesting to see how this is all going to shape out and how it impacts um, this uh, burnout epidemic that that we find ourselves in because we're seeing it everywhere. You know, we're seeing every industry, every age group, every gender, you name it. Uh, there's no shortage of people that are experiencing burnout. And, and, and thank you again for uh, you know, commenting on that uh, post that I had the other day about the acronym for burnout that, uh, that I came up with. And um, you think I'd have that memorized by now because I came up with it, but I, uh, I, if the burnout guy forgot what it was acronyms about, but I should probably print it and put it on my wall. But um, it, it's one of those things where I, all of those situations that people are going through, whether they don't have any boundaries in their life or they're just not living their life or enjoying it anymore, it ripples through. And if you're an executive, that trickles down to your team. And it makes a huge, huge problem for the organization because not only is your executive burned out, your staff in all likelihood are burning out too. And it's limiting the success of that organization. Yeah, it's an epidemic. I, I, that's just really all there is to it. And it, it's every industry, it's every, mostly, of course, North American issue. Europe, obviously, is better at the quote-unquote work-life integration. I won't use the, the B word, balance. Um, but I will use the B word for burnout since you've done such a good job with it and really made it clear to people what the risks are. And it's an epidemic. And so I really encourage people to figure out what it is that really brings them joy and brings value. And for some people, of course, there's a whole money equation because most of us need to provide for ourselves and many times others. And that's totally real. Like we have to be real about this. And then, you know, what's above and beyond what we need to earn and provide for ourselves and our families. And if we look at that differential, it's pretty interesting to see that most of us, especially workaholic types, overachievers, you know, a society of must-haves, we go way above and beyond. And so it seems as if there's no off button. And that's partly what leads to the burnout. There's also this expectation that's either explicit or implicit that companies put on people that, you know, there's, there's no, 
um, limits to how long we work around here. Everybody's exempt. We do 60, 70. I have some clients working literally 80 hours a week. It's total insanity. You know, these um, kind of policies that say we have unlimited vacation. Well, we know statistically that means people are going to take even less vacation because they feel guilt around, oh, there's unlimited vacation. That must mean I need to work harder. So like we're really stuck in this work life, if you will, trap. And so my message, which feels really in alignment with yours, which I so appreciate so we can reach more and more people is to really get clear on what works and what doesn't and dump the stuff that doesn't and be bold about it. And when you talk about experimentation, I've spent the last 20 some years in Silicon Valley. And so the beauty of failure in Silicon Valley is, is it, it's expected. So it really helped me when I migrated from Wisconsin many, many, many years ago to California where I live now the last 20 some years we learn that we experiment and we iterate and failure is expected. What I talk about in the book is there's a big F in failure, which none of us want, although we do recover, we're human and we're resilient and we learn. And then there are thousands of little F in failures along the way, very, you know, Edisonian. There's nothing I've failed at. I've just tried 10,000 things. It didn't work kind of quote. I'm sure I just butchered that, but you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, with the, it, the Silicon Valley, you know, is an area that you're, you're right in the middle of, you know, all types of, of burnout situations uh, because the pressure on, you know, IT organizations or tech organizations is just intense because there's this expectation to deliver new products and services that are better than what they just released six months ago. And you got to go through all the, the testing and the and integration and, and figuring out, you know, what the consumers are expecting and do it in such a way where when we pick up our smartphones that it works uh, and the apps work, it all synchronizes fine and does everything. The pressure that those individuals have to be facing is, immense and i'm and i'm not gonna you know pick on on steve jobs and 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 you know the way that he worked i didn't work for him so you only hear what you know some people say but you don't hear what everybody says so i'm very hesitant to you know paint a picture that um you know he was you know a driving force and you know demanded long hours or not i don't know for a fact if that was always the case or not i do know the story about him always parking in a handicapped parking spot i, I know that story um and then somebody put a note on his windshield park smarter and you know that was that was cute um but at the end of the day you know we have all of these excellent gifted individuals that are, are creating great things that society uses on a daily basis and the cost that they're paying right now with 80 hour work weeks and everything else as a consumer i i don't want that for them i i if it means i have to wait an extra year for something to come out so they don't have to work 80 hour weeks I, i'm fine with that i'd be fine with that i don't I, just because we're an instant society, I, I, I don't want people burning out just so they can um, release the latest you know, version of my smartphone or a tablet or whatever else uh, or any, any product or services out there. Um, I don't want people to put in 
those types of hours consistently over and over again. It just, it, it, it defeats the purpose of, of, of living, quite frankly. It also is uh, not really a performance enhancer, right? So we look at Ariana Huffington's own story as she hits the glass coffee table. She's really in bad situation. She's in hospital. She figures out she needs to do this study around sleep with her reach and her ability to, you know, promote. She talks about the fact that most of us, you know, 96% of us need seven or eight hours of sleep per night and it's a performance enhancer. So we need to wake up companies that whether they say there's work-life integration at their company or not, that's a bunch of lip service. And when companies have to print in the bottom of their signature block, you know, we don't email after midnight. Something's obviously wrong if you have to put that in writing. Um, I was coaching a CEO who was very proud of herself because she actually wrote a note in the middle of the night because that was good for her, which is okay. But she sent it company wide, like, please don't reply to this. I said, you know, you just blew an opportunity. Why don't you just keep that in your drafts and hit send at like 6.30 in the morning instead of four in the morning? Because people feel like there's an inherent expectation based on how the CEO and the executives and the founders tend to operate. And so we really have to be conscious of our own expectations and behavior because people will follow our lead. And so I really encourage people to become the leader of their life. And that blends into the way they operate at home. Back to your vacation example, it's such a powerful one. People are on their laptops at the beach. Like, why is that? What message does it send to our kids? And you know, what message does that even send to other people that are complete strangers on that same vacation in terms of, you know, why are you even on this vacation? Is that a good use of your family's time and resources? Agreed. And I was recently in San Diego for San Diego Comic-Con. I didn't bring my computer. I didn't bring my tablet. I did have my smartphone because I used it to take photos of, you know, my kids there and, you know, different things that, that we saw in San Diego. But I didn't look at my email. I actually, you know, turned off uh, data on you know most of my apps, um, and just you know, and didn't post. I think I posted one picture on my Instagram account. But other than that, I didn't. I pretty much stayed off of off the phone and and went about and you know, did something really weird and was in the moment of where I was at. And plus, it helps when there's like a hundred thousand people you're trying to navigate around wearing costumes and whatnot. It's you kind of have to pay attention to where you're at. But it's it yeah I, it's purposeful and it's like you know when people burn out and I tell them this it's like burnout happens oftentimes innocently it it doesn't happen overnight so you don't wake up tomorrow morning and go oh I caught burnout okay I'm gonna take you know a couple Motrin and I'll be all good no that's it builds up over time and through choices and some external factors but most of the time it's it it boils down to choices and. And, and not, you know, protecting yourself uh, from, you know, the situations that you find yourselves in. And, you know, there's so many different factors that can contribute to it. But ultimately, you know, hopefully you catch it sooner than later. So you, you have, you don't have to spend so much time with, with pneumonia or anything else like that. Yeah, you know, the more we talk about this topic and, the more I think through my life's work and what I'm doing now, I really come away with this, this image of a hamster in a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon. 
And it, like you said, at some point it catches up with you. And, you know, the challenges were so conditioned, we fall out of that wheel and then we get back in the wheel. And it's like, there's no transformation in that operating mode. So with authenticity and knowing what you want and being realistic about it situationally and relatively, there's so much power in such a healthy way and such a redefinition of the word and the concept of success. You know, people have five facets that I've identified in their life and it's universal. We have, you know, work, however we define that, our family, friends, society, vitality. And how we spend time in each of those five facets is very individual, like a fingerprint, and really up to people to define for themselves when they don't have that I should or I should not hanging around them, like some big weight or anchor that's like dragging them down. And once we have that ability to identify those things for ourselves and choose how and where we spend time and with whom then things start to really free up. It's a mindset shift that has to take place. Once that mind shift happens and people give themselves permission to, not another Steve Jobs analogy, but choose different, um, it's, it's a game changer. And it gives you the permission to you know, have the life you want. That doesn't mean you're not going to face challenging situations. Believe me, they're, they're, I've you know, post burnout and recovery. I've definitely had several um, life challenges that have happened in my life, and I've been able to navigate through them um, because of tools and techniques that I've picked up along the way, and 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 navigate through them in a way where, at the end of it, I don't need to take a you know, three-week vacation to recover from whatever happened. I, you want your life designed in a way where you don't need that three-week vacation to quote-unquote recover. You want that three-week vacation so you can go have an absolute blast wherever you're going. And then you might need a vacation from your vacation because you went too far and, and had too much fun, but that I, I, would, I would choose that 10 times out of 10 over needing a vacation because you're wiped out from, from work. Absolutely. And uh, it's really important that people wake up and figure out what it is that's going to work for them and then tell somebody else that you're really close to. And it doesn't need to be some norm of it's a husband, a wife, a partner. That's all good. It, it might be your best friend. It might be a parent. It might be you know, somebody in society, in your community, at church, it, it doesn't matter. But I really encourage people to not just keep those decisions and, you know, wake up moments to yourself. We do need to be held accountable. And sometimes we're just not strong enough to hold ourselves accountable. So find a friend, phone a friend. It's crucial. You know, find those people that will... Like a, a really, really close person to me says, call you out on your BS and, and tell you this is actually what is going on with you from you know, their point of view and, and trust their judgment because they're doing it from a place of, of caring for you and wanting the best for you and, and love. So that's, that's such, such crucial advice. Dana, you know, enjoyed our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome work you're doing? Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it as well. So settlesmart.com. And also on Twitter at Dana to the fifth. 
and Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, under Dana at lookarimoto.com. And the book again is all about settling smart and redesigning your busy life and work-life balance is a myth. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. Dana, thank you so much again for your time today. I really appreciate uh, the awesome work you're doing. And it's glad, I'm glad uh, to have you know, a fellow colleague in, in this space that's you know, trying to make a huge impact in, in ridding this world of uh, a big epidemic that we are facing. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.